A huge decision today in the world of big tech that has big implications for social media, for, spree, for free speech, and for what can and cannot be said on these giant platforms. A Facebook-appointed panel of journalists, activists, and lawyers have, has ruled to uphold the ban on former President Donald Trump being on the social network. But this board also said that an indefinite suspension of Donald Trump was, quote, not appropriate and that Facebook should apply a defined penalty. The board basically kicking this football right back to Zuckerberg and Facebook, saying Facebook has six months to make a final decision about the status of Mr. Trump's account. To talk more about this, I am pleased to welcome to the program Fenwick McKelvey, who's an associate professor at Concordia University. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining me. Alan, great to be here. What's your top-line takeaway from what this panel said? Well, I think you did a pretty good job summarizing it. The panel punted it back to Facebook. I think that was strategic. They said that Facebook can't defer responsibility, so if it's going to ban Donald Trump's account for violations that they indicate in their decision, then they need to have a clear decision about it and then rule on how long that ban's going to be. This panel, tell me more about it. it, it it's been referred to by Zuckerberg as kind of a Supreme Court for Facebook? Yeah, I think the key thing is not to take it too seriously. It's a really strange experiment, and people are excited about it and also critical about it. Facebook basically said that decisions on posts might need a second guess or a second look, and they said the best way of doing that would be to create their own account, like own oversight board, which is an uh, institution that Facebook uses to review its decisions and give feedback to. The decisions aren't binding, and Facebook funds it. So it's not you know, independent regulation. It's another way that Facebook is trying to expand its consultation and, and, and open up some of the ways, some of the sausage factor of how it's making rules on the platform. Some, some would say that this is a way uh, for Facebook management to just kind of offload these decisions. Well, that's what the board ruled today is that ultimately Facebook has to make these decisions itself and it can't count on the board to make it for it. So I think they're aware of what their compromised position is and then trying to navigate that. And it, it does speak also to the fact that what Facebook is trying to do is get ahead of regulation and that this is also coming at a time where Canada has been discussing reforms to Internet regulation through Bill C-10 and a proposed digital harms bill. So this is in some ways a test of legitimacy of government regulation as opposed to Facebook's own proposed global governance. T tell me more about the, the, the drive to either regulate or even break up Facebook and uh, how that is going in the United States. Well, Facebook is in a, a strange position where there's, lots of different sides of where this criticism is coming down on. The Oversight Board is really trying to address this question of how it's making decisions about who and who should not have access to its ability of amplifying and reaching audience. So it's not a free speech issue as much as it is a question of, you know, Facebook is a great platform to broadcast and who has access to that broadcasting platform, if you want to use that word, which is already a bit controversial. There's also questions about Facebook's control of the market share, questions about its ownership and predatory ways of buying different companies to suppress competition, as well as the state of online advertising. So there's like a huge bunch of things that are happening. And it's important to say this oversight board 
even at the best and most charitable description, is addressing one small part of this, what, how should and whether Facebook made the right decision in deciding what content should or should not be on the platform. I, I always kind of bristle when I hear this described as a free speech issue because, of course, this is, this is not a free speech is, issue. I mean, it, it would be equivalent to say, you know, the Globe and Mail must run my musings about, you know, tinfoil hats, because, but the Globe and Mail is a private entity, so it's not quite the same. Could you discuss that a little bit about the whole idea of free speech here? Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. And I, I think it's actually, if you listen to free speech advocates, and Canada is a very different context, and I'll get to that, but if you talk to free speech advocates, part of what Facebook is doing is within its rights. It's saying who or who should not have access to. That's part of the free speech platform. It's part of an ecology. If you don't like how Facebook runs things, go to a different platform. That's the kind of marketplace of ideas that America so celebrates. I think what we have here in Canada is something a bit more complicated where you see an American company like Facebook proposing this oversight board in tandem with our own discussions about how to deal with these questions, which I think are kind of difficult, where, you know, it's not about free speech, but these platforms do allow people to access bigger and bigger audiences. And how do you deal with that, particularly the ways where, in the case of Donald Trump, you have a politician using it to incent, uh, send about, or like promote and, and uh, I think in some ways sympathize with, you know, violent protests. And so that's that kind of thorny question. And that's one I think that often, to your point, we try to say, well, it's free speech or not. It's not the case. What we're talking about here, here is how Facebook's making decisions about who and who cannot get access to what they would call its reach or its amplification. And that, I think, is one that we're trying to figure out here in Canada. And whether it's going to be Facebook's solution we adopt is ultimately the big question. I'm speaking with Fenwick McKelvey, who is an associate professor at Concordia University about uh, the Facebook Advisory Board, uh, ruling that uh, Facebook should, at least temporarily for the time being, continue with the suspension of former President Donald Trump. On Tuesday, Mr. Trump unveiled a new site from the desk of Donald Trump to communicate with his supporters. It's kind of like a Twitter feed. I haven't seen it myself. Uh, Fenwick, have you seen it at all? Have you have you looked at it? What is it? What's the idea here? <laughs> I, I've I've checked out a little bit because I feel as though many, usually on the right, disgruntled use, uh, social media users have been constantly trying to invent their own platforms to limited success. So uh, Trump, Trump has been hinting at this: that the idea it's going to they're going to he's going to go and go his own way and create his own platform. Um, we've had similar things with Parler; they've been of limited effect. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, and this is ever since YouTube, a lot of politicians who are trying to embrace a more, you know, nationalistic sensibility have tried to say that they can use social media to connect to the people. And it worked to a limited degree. I mean, Trump is, I think, exceptional. So I would be a little more curious if we get it off the ground. But if you look at past experience, these really haven't worked that well and have been plagued by all kinds of issues, not, not the least of which is dealing with people that are really abusive and hostile on the platform and make it a bad place to be. Well, this, this looks like it's an attempt by him to, to create content that, that his supporters would then share on their own um, platforms or on their own accounts on Twitter and Facebook where Mr. Trump is banned. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's getting around. And I think that speaks to one of the challenges here about the oversight board is it really is trying to deal with this issue as being like a Facebook issue. And that's not the case. 
Um, and I think, you know, in the United States, you have responsibilities of parties like the Republican Party that has largely enabled um, Trump's rise, as well as, you know, in many cases, the mainstream media for being, a, you know, so, um, and, you know, obsessed and kind of uh, infatuated with Trump for a long time. So, I mean, if we think of the thing is that this decision on Trump is really just a small piece of this much bigger, more complicated issue about the rise of a, of a you know, a more nationalistic president in the United States with a tendency and a willingness to kind of endorse violence. And that's a problem that it's not ultimately going to come down to whether or not you can, he's, he is or is not on Facebook. And I think the fact that he's figuring out ways to circumvent that speaks to that problem. Fenwick, it's fascinating, and it'll be really interesting to see what uh, Facebook does in the next six months if they if they go the way of Twitter uh, with a permanent ban or they actually let him back on. We'll have to wait and see. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for all your thoughtful questions. Great discussion. That is Fenwick McKelvey, who is an associate professor at Concordia University.